The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Friday, June 17th, 2022. It is indeed a heck of a morning. Live on the MA Fighting Twitter spaces, and shortly thereafter, show will be uploaded on the MA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a heck of a morning. All things considered, I am. The Celtics just sucked last night. They decided not to show up. They turned the ball over 587,000 times and they lost to the Golden State Warriors who are just much more disciplined, much more fundamentally sound, and frankly, they gave a shit. And that's why they won the series. So, it'll be interesting to see how the Celtics can bounce back from that. It's going to be really tough because they just didn't show up. Credit to Golden State. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But the Celtics' best game against Golden State's best game, I think the Celtics win 70% of the time. Like, I really, really, truly do. But they just, they pissed it away. They pissed it away. And that's what makes me as upset as I am about this whole thing. As good And Golden State's a great team. Well coached. Obviously, Steph Curry's a monster. Andrew Wiggins was such a difference maker. Probably the difference maker in the entire series, in my opinion. Without Andrew Wiggins, this series doesn't go exactly the way it did. I can tell you that right now. But Steph showed up when he needed to. Draymond, as much as I hate to say it, showed up when he needed to. And the Celtics' big players just didn't. They just didn't. Jason Tatum had a horrendous series, just really, really terrible. And that's it. Now we don't have to talk about the NBA for a 
quite some time. We could focus all on MMA, baby. So part of me is relieved that we could just go back to the way things were. And that's what we're going to do here on this free-for-all Friday. And what that means is it's your show the entire time. Nothing but your questions, your topics. You lead the discussion. And I'm very excited about that. So let's not waste any more time. No more Celtics banter unless you want to talk about it. Let's get to Tristan Gordat. He will kick us off because we didn't get to get to him yesterday. What's up, buddy? Hey, Mike. How's everything? Good. Yeah. Oh, just one quick thing on the Celtics. I it's hard with Tatum. I don't because Tatum Tatum is weird. Like, is he too laid back? Is he not intense enough? It's like, but some some games you're like, oh, he's incredible. He's intense. In other games you're like, yo, is, where's Tatum? So I I don't know. I, I can't figure him out. Hopefully he could get over this and get back to the finals. Yeah, too much pressure, I think. I think he put way too much pressure on himself, and he just wasn't, like, loose and free out there. Like, I, I understand, like, some people thought he was maybe too loose. I thought he was he was tight as hell, and it showed. Just, I, I don't know if he's banged up. I don't know what was wrong, but he just, he just didn't have it, and the Warriors had it. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, off to next season. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, man. Your, your, I want your kind of two things, two questions. I, have. I want your uh, assessment on uh, Cater versus um, Josh Emmett. I, I'm I'm leaning towards Cater for the win because I just I trust Tyson Chattanier to come up with, with a real game plan to stay away from um, uh, Josh Emmett's power, and, you know, because that's the concern. Like it's once Emmett hits you in the chin, you're going down. So I I think I think. Tyson Chattanier is going to come with a good game plan to negate that. I just want your thoughts on on how you're looking at it towards those two. And then my second question has to go with um, uh, what's his name? Demir Ismagulov versus uh, Gudalazne. Uh, I I was listening to No Bets Bard with AK and um, Jed Mishu and Jed Mishu feels like he's smoking mirrors. Not only, not only that, he said he felt that um, Shafkan Rachmanov, who fights next week, is smoking mirrors. That at some point they're gonna they're gonna lose really bad. And I, I was I was just like I was just down in the dumps. I was just like, come on, Jed, you're killing me, man. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear that. So what's your what's your thoughts on those two? Because I'm like, man, maybe I gotta start thinking like AK and just temper my expectation. I'm like, listen, I'm just gonna. Just, you know, just lean back and see what happens. So just your thoughts on those uh, two questions. Thanks, Mike, and have a heck of a morning. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I the, the Cater-Emmett fight, I think the betting lines are pretty spot on here. Cater's a minus 230. Emmett's a plus 195. I think it's perfectly lined, honestly. Cater is just such a good volume striker, very smart, great boxer. He's a better boxer than Josh Emmett by a pretty significant margin. Emmett certainly has the equalizer with the power, but Emmett can wrestle his ass off. So I wouldn't be stunned if Emmett actually took Cater down in this way. That actually might be his best path to victory here. Yes, he has the power. Yes, he's knocked dudes out. But Calvin Cater is a different breed. He is durable as hell. And you saw it in pretty much every fight he's been in the UFC. This dude can take a shot. He could take a beating. And you can't put this guy away like that. You just can't. Giga couldn't do it. Jeremy Stevens couldn't do it. Max Holloway couldn't do it, even though he landed 7,000 strikes. 
it's going to be really tough for Josh to put Cater away. And I go back to the Dan Ige fight a little bit because a lot of people thought Ige won that fight. And the big difference was Ige's durability, his volume. He was able to mix things up, able to sort of even things out with volume versus power. And it was a super close fight. And I think Cater's even more durable than Dan Ige, if that's even possible. But it's real close. It's definitely a conversation. So... I think it's line right. I think Cater in a five-round fight, been there before. Emmett hasn't been in a five-round fight before, at least not in the UFC. I like Cater's shit. Oh, no, that's not true. Jeremy Stevens. I'm wrong about that. But it's been a minute, and we all know how the first one went. So, yeah, give me Cater via decision. The Izmagulov Shavkat thing, I listened to that episode. It's not like – I don't think he said exactly what you said, Tristan. I think he has – there's a feeling that he's just waiting for the, sh- the other shoe to drop that he doesn't think it's smoke and mirrors, but he feels like it could be. So he just needs to see a little bit more. I think that's what he was trying to say, but he is Jed and Jed doesn't mess around. He's never on the fence. He's Mr. No gray area for a reason, but that's what I got out of that. Cause I did listen to that on the way to softball playoffs last night. And uh, yeah, I love that fight. I think top to, I think honestly, this is a great card. I think that is the best fight on the entire card. The stakes may not be there. It might be two guys that a lot of people don't know all that well. But Izmagulov Kutatsalate is the best fight on the card. It's the most interesting fight outside of the main event on this whole card. In my opinion, it's just so good. I'm, I'm curious to see who that guy is going to be. Because 155 is just ridiculous. Clearest Values. Welcome. Mike, I want to apologize for the for the guy that runs my account. He came across like a dick. Um, the guy who <laughs> outrun the account. I I came across as slightly a dick, but not, I was the first tweet, and then he just took over from there, and he's an asshole. So I, it's all good, man. I, I chewed him out a little bit. Um, oh, dude, don't even worry about it. Hey, listen, it's sports. That's what we do. He didn't say anything over the line. Well, and I also think you can't kick out. You can't kick a Celtics fan while he's down. That's not nice. Um, uh, I think a lot of people would disagree <laughs> with you, but that's okay. That's um, okay. I had like a couple of small things. So the first thing was I was really interested in the Song Yadong booking with Corey Sandhagen. And I'm a little worried because I, I think Song, you know, he's only 24. I know he has a lot of fights, but he's really young. And I think to put him in there with Corey Sandhagen so early, I think – that's something that may prove to be a mistake in his career um, in the UFC and their booking. I think I don't mind them going a little slower with him. I know he just fight Marlon and that's a tough fight, but it seems a little early. And then because it is free for all Friday, I have a question that is totally not related to anything. Um, I know people throw around the term pay-per-view points a lot, and I have a basic understanding of what that is. Can you explain a little bit like what, the nitty gritty, like what that looks like. Is every fighter getting the same? That type of stuff. I'm really curious about. Uh, thank you, Clarice Values. Good question. Um, first of all, the Sanhagen Song Yudong booking not done, being discussed. I don't even know if it's gotten to verbal agreement stage, but I think it's close. If Big Marcel reported it, then I believe there's plenty of smoke to that fire. So 
I would expect that there's a very good chance that fight happens. It's a main event fight, so why would Sanhagen not take it? I actually like I actually like the booking if that's the way to go because a lot of people are very high on Song Yudong, especially after that last performance. A lot of people felt like we got to give this guy a step up. Maybe we run it back with Cheeto Vera. People are just people think this guy could be a title challenger at worst. Honestly, he knocked out Marlon Marais, did it quickly. A lot of people thought Mar- this was going to be the kind of fight that Marlon was going to bounce back with, and he just ran Marlon Marais over. Like, gave Marlon no chance to get even going. At least in Marlon's previous losses, for the most part, he was able to get something going. He would land a big shot. He would have his opponent hurt. At least get something moving in that first round, in those first couple of minutes. And Song Yudong was like, no. He just ran him over. What a streak he's on right now. The Kyler Phillips fight, I'm sure he learned a lot from. Cody Stamen fight, I think was kind of a weird one. But then bouncing back, the Casey Kenny, Casey Kenny's real tough, able to, to get through that one. And then back-to-back finishes of two really tough guys, Julio Arce, Marlon Marais. I know he's been on a little bit of the shine, but Corey's lost two in a row. This is the kind of fight he needs. I liked maybe doing Sanhag and Font, but Font's probably going to be out for a little while after that Cheeto Vera loss. So, I mean, who else is there, really? You could do, I mean, Sanhagen Cejudo maybe, but I mean, literally, this is probably the best thing you could do right now with who's available. If Corey just is like, I don't give a shit, let's just fight. I like it. Sanhagen's probably going to be favored. He just needs to get a win. And if he loses, yeah, it stinks. And Song's super young. He's had some losses in the past and he's gotten better from them. So I like the I like the booking. The pay-per-view points thing, the terminology, I'm not really sure, but for the most part, main eventers, champions, that's why they're in that spot. That's why they're the main event. This is what the main event is what sells pay-per-views. And that's why the fighters do media and they go out and they do all these different interviews and they go on social media and they promote the fights because they want people to buy them so that they can make more money. And I don't know what the actual percentage is. I'm sure they just get a, a piece of every pay-per-view that's bought. Uh, numbers, percentages, facts, figures, no clue. But that's what it means to be a champion. Uh, I forget who told who said, I think Abe Kawa, during, when I interviewed him a few years ago, was like being, the road to being a champion is hard. And once you're the champion, that's great. But it's after you defend the title is when it really it's, it could be life-changing. That's when the real money comes in because you get pay-per-view points. And right now you want pay-per-view points because the UFC has gotten to sort of that WrestleMania level where, yeah, if Connor headlines, you're doing a million. If certain fighters headline, you're doing seven, 800,000. But for the most part, it doesn't matter who headlines. You're doing four to 500,000 pay-per-views no matter what, just because you have those three letters attached to it, UFC. I'm sure Prahashka Teixeira did four to five hundred thousand, or at least three hundred, three to five hundred thousand. That's solid for that main event because Yuri. People are still getting to know him. I think things will change in that aspect. I think we'll see Yuri pay per views do better numbers overall. I think a lot of people saw Yuri probably for the first time on that card against Glover, and if you did, holy cow, you're a fan forever now. But yeah, that's what it's all about. You want, to, you want that main event spot. You want to be the champ. So you can get those points. 
but I don't know how much they are, what the percentages are, any of that stuff. But you want to be in that spot, that's for damn sure. All right, Toke. Good morning, my friend. Hello, buddy. Um, I'll spare you my uh, Stephen A. impression where I skip uh, where I uh, swap Cowboys and Celtics, uh, but I'll go to a real free for all Friday question. So you know, we have this, uh, we have all these arts that we mix to call it mixed martial arts. To know which special combat sports is kind of the what should you say the the worst one to to be a specialist in when you go into MMA and what i mean by that is who's best off is it one is it a boxer a muay thai guy a kickboxer a uh, jiu jitsu whatever and then i want you to take the worst one out of that so uh that's all i had all right interesting question so if we're, we're relying on a specialty it's got to be the boxer right i mean at least with at least with Muay Thai, you know Muay Thai slash kickboxers, you can even though AK hates this, you could still somewhat mix the martial arts with that. You could box, you could kick, you could do all these different things, elbows, knees, etc. If you're a boxer, I mean it's one trick pony. You just like if you're Glover Teixeira and you fight a boxer, you just tackle him and you win. <laughs> so I would think that's just off the top of my head without really digging down and analyzing, I would think just a straight boxer, hashtag James Tony. I think that goes and shows you everything. So I'll go, I'll go with that route. At least with jiu-jitsu, you have a, a, a huge advantage if a fight gets to the ground. At least with Muay Thai, you could kick and elbow and knee. You're a little more, you got more avenues in that aspect, but boxing for the most part, you're just throwing punches and that could be very successful, but you get to a decent level and you find anybody who can wrestle you. That just is a rough ass night for you. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's go to Four Corner Sports. What's up, buddy? Yo. Hey, I, what's it called? I wanted to say I was disappointed that the Celtics lost, but after watching the game, after watching the series, I do think you guys need a point guard in order to get to that next level. I think that you have a solid big three, but I think you're just, you're just missing a point guard and I think you're solid from there on. I wanted to ask you um, two things. One, um, I know you interviewed thousands of fighters, right? I want you to name like your top three fighters that you wish to sit down for dinner and actually interview. Uh, it could be past, current, or up and coming. And then lastly, um, I know you spoke about Emmett and Cater. I wonder or not, like, both have durable chins, but like, at what point do you think that might eventually wear off? Because both of them, well, Emmett hits harder, right? Cater is just a monster. I mean, he's gonna apply pressure and him being led by Tyson Chartier, I, I think that it might favor Cater uh, on winning, but I just wanna know, like, how many, you know, fights do they have in their career possibly before like that chin wears off? Because he always has a discussion with Max Holloway. He eats a lot of punches. But, you know, that's just something I was just thinking about. All right, thanks, Mike. Have a good one. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I agree with the point guard thing. They need some depth as well if we're talking about the Celtics. They need guys off the bench who could actually, you know, do something because, God, White was horrible last night. Peyton Pritchard just can't do anything. Just brutal. They need some depth. Yeah, and I agree with you. They need a point guard. Robert Williams, when he's healthy, good Lord. He's going to be a great, great piece to that puzzle. Like, tremendous. He's only going to get better, so I'm excited for that. Um, the Cater, Emmett question. Like, Emmett's been rocked. Emmett's been hurt in fights. He's been wobbled in fights. You know, Cater has too, but I, just, I feel like Cater's chin's better. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you. It's just going to. Father time beats all. And especially if you're a guy like Cater who just can run through the fire. But look, I mean, there are certain fighters who can just take beatings forever. And that's, I mean, that's just such a, Cater's just such a Boston guy. (laughs) I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. Boston guys, like just growing up in the area, we'll just like, they just fight anybody and they could just take a beating. And you're either going to win or lose. That's just the way it is. You're going to go out and you're going to have a brawl. And it's very rare that fights in Boston end in just one-punch knockouts. Everyone's durable. Everybody has chins. Everyone can scrap. It's just... And then they drink beer afterwards. They're all... And they're buddies. So it's very rare that you just see someone getting colded in a fight in Boston. It's crazy. But, yeah, eventually it's going to catch up to them. How long from now? I don't know. A couple years? But Cater's not the most... Neither guy's, like, the most active guy. Cater, I mean, he was out for over a year. 
after the Holloway fight, and rightfully so, but he could have come back sooner. Emmett was out for a long time after the Shane Burgos fight, which was a crazy fight. But Burgos was, I mean, outside of the Burgos fight, I mean, Burgos looked great in that fight. That fight was awesome. And Burgos won 80% of it. He just got wobbled and he got dropped a couple times. That was the difference in the fight. And what's even crazier is that Emmett's tough as hell too because he was, he got super injured in that fight. I mean, just a laundry list of injuries. So I can't wait for it. I love the matchup. I think it's lined perfectly. I think Cater's a minus 230 favorite for a reason, and he should be. But Emmett's no slouch. Love the matchup. Big fan of both guys. Can't wait to see it. Whew. The interview dinner thing. Hmm. That's tough. I'll go with DC just because he's kind of a bucket list guy. I talked to him before UFC 220 for like two minutes and it just wasn't enough. DC would be golf and dinner. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. I think Bisbang would be one that I think would be really fun and cool. And I'll go Yuri. I'll go Yuri Prahashka. I mean, how interesting is that, dude? I bet he's got thousands of stories that we've never even heard, and they're all probably better than the next or better than the one before. But I got to think about that. Off the top of my head, I'll go those three. DC, Bisbing, stories for days. And I'm sure Yuri's got maybe even crazier stories of both of those guys. Maybe Bisbing's got them both beat, but I'm sure Yuri's got some crazy shit. Jimmy Wang Yang. What's up? Good heck of a morning, Mike. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So first, I have to do this. I am a Laker fan, so watching last night's game, you know, Ain't too mad at what happened, but I also thought the Celtics was going to win, so I'm shocked a little bit, but I think they'll bounce back next year. I uh, I think it's a good young team with a lot of good things to build on. So I, y'all going to be good. Y'all going to be good. I, expe- I, I expect to see the Celtics back in the finals next couple years, at least the next couple years. But I remember yesterday, I forget who, but somebody was talking about Aljo and how he sometimes get booed and stuff. I think he got a lean – into this villain role, I think that's the best thing for him. If he just lean, like, forget if they cheer me or whatever because how everything went down or he got need in the face, people. Like, come on, how do you fake that? But I think now he just has to lean into this villain role because the way he fought against Jan, I think he fought him like a villain. Like, I'm just going to take you back and there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't think there's a lot of people that's going to be able to deal with that. So, I think I like Aljo. I think he just got to lean into that villain role. I think he just got to lean into that villain role, and he'll be good. He'll be good for a long time. Have a good morning, Mike. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I think Aljo's done a good job with that for the most part. The problem is he fluctuates. He leans into the villain role for like 70% of the time, and then he goes back to the other role 30% of the time. You can't have it both ways. Aljo was... Because I went, I was in Jacksonville for UFC 273. Everybody was talking about Hamza Shemaev and Gilbert Burns. It was the Shemaev show. Burns was just the guy who was going to run over. That's how everybody felt. Can't wait to see Shemaev just run over another dude. 
That was the talk of the events. That was the talk in Jacksonville. That's all anybody on like randos that I saw on the streets or, you know, sitting eating dinner or whatever at the hotel. That's all they want to talk about with Shemaev. As the, the fight of the top three fights, the fight I was least interested in heading in was Jan Sterling. Because I just, I was like, I basically, I saw the first fight. I saw Jan pulling away. Same thing's going to happen, maybe even worse. But as the fight week went on, I got it on Tuesday. After media day on Wednesday, Aljo made me believe that the fight was going to be closer. And then the press conference happened. And then ceremonial weigh-ins happened. And throughout the week, Aljamain Sterling, playing sort of the heel role, made that fight way more interesting. Jan did his part too a little bit, but the intrigue that built throughout the week for that fight was all on Aljamain Sterling. He did a tremendous job making people care about that fight. Because when that fight was announced, it was met with multiple moans and groans. Really? We just saw this. We don't need to see it again. Or on the other side, all right, Jan's just going to put this to bed. He's going to run Aljo over. This fight's not even going to be close. It's not even going to be competitive. And Aljo comes out and builds it up, sells it, got me super hooked on it, and then wins it. There you go. And now it'll be curious to see how this TJ Dillashaw build goes because TJ, not really well-liked in his own right, is it going to be like a heel versus heel? Is someone going to assume the babyface role? I don't know. I don't know. Aljo's still saying the fight's not signed. We never reported the fight was signed. We just reported it was in the works. It's being discussed. It's being targeted, which means this is what the UFC wants. Both sides know about it. Both sides are not saying no to it. That's what in the works means. Set means pen has gone to paper. It's done. So in the works targeted means this is what everybody thinks is going to happen. This is the direction we're going. This is what was offered. We didn't say no. Someone said yes. Maybe both sides said yes, but contracts haven't been signed yet. That's what those terms mean. So I think this is the fight that'll end up happening. I know Aljo's saying, give me more money, and he should get more money. I, I don't disagree with him on that, but you gotta, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. You don't want to get too crazy because the UFC will slap that I word across that division so fast, Aljo's head will spin. And they did it already. They did it. They put an interim title on the line months after Aljo won the title. And he was scheduled to fight on that card. And his neck was bothering him, still banged up, and they did an interim title fight. And if Aljo wants to play ball, if he wants to play hardball at the UFC, and he wants to jump over that line a little too much, Guarantee you the UFC will do it again. And maybe they'll do Cejudo Dillashaw. <laughs> the interim title. God, will that make me sad. But I think that's the fight will end up happening. I think cooler heads will prevail. I think Aljo will get a little bit of a bump. And there you go. That'll probably end up being a co-main event to, to something. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe Stipe John Jones. Who knows? My favorite Irishman, Mayonnaise Face McFlanagan. What's up, buddy? Mayonnaise, are you there? <laughs> Mayo, 
All right, try again, my man. Let's go to Prediction Strike. Hello. Make sure you unmute and we're good. Hi, uh, I'm here. What's hey, up, buddy? I was just curious, who exactly would you invest in in kind of like a long-term career here? Like, if you had to pick, like, one fighter a couple months out, like, I guess kind of – I've seen a lot of people talk about, like, Patty Pimblett and Jordan Leavitt a lot recently on our page where they just think that Jordan Leavitt's going to absolutely twerk on Patty. But would you say that's, like, a better t- – like, would you actually be interested in investing in, like, Patty, for example, or would you just be like, I'm staying completely away from his stock because I think Jordan is going to twerk on him? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I'm going to – I'm going to go about it the way I think you're going about it. And on that sense, like – Patty, I would invest in Patty only if he's fighting in London. I like the Levitt booking. I think Patty's going to win. Like, I think Patty should be favored to win that fight just because he's got more experience. He's a little more well-rounded. But Levitt's real good on the ground, and he's a sneaky little bastard, which makes him really interesting in this fight. But... I think Pat, I, I favor Patty to win. If this fight happens two years from now, I might not feel the same way, but, but in the long term, like I'm, I'm investing on this guy. He's going to be a top five fight for the title, be a champion kind of guy. If that's how I'm investing, I am not investing in either guy. I like Jordan a lot. Very nice guy. I don't see Jordan fighting for a title. I certainly don't see Patty Pimblett fighting for a title and he shouldn't. That's not why he's there. Patty Pimblett's not there to win world titles. Patty Pimblett's there is to put asses in seats in London, which is where he should fight for the rest of his career. Every fight he has should be in London against a guy that he's going to be favored against. That's how it should be. Do not move this guy up at all because I just don't think he wins. I don't think he beats anybody in the top 25 at lightweight right now. And that's not saying he's bad. It's just lightweight's so good. It's just such a ridiculous division. Now, if... And which leads me to the actual answer to my question. And I think anyone who has followed me for years and has followed me since MMA, I've gotten MMA fighting. I think you all know probably what my answer is going to be. The answer is Armand Sarukian. That is the answer. That is the guy I'm investing in. And I've basically verbally invested in him for the last five or six years. I knew after I saw one of his early fights that this guy was going to be a UFC champion at some point. And he's getting there. He's got a big fight next Saturday against Matush Gamrot. Main event, five rounds. Can't wait to see it. But Sarukian is a is a pretty sizable favorite in that fight for a reason. Let me see what it looks like right now. Where are we right now? Minus 240 for Armand Sarukian. Come back on Gamrot plus 200. That fight's awesome. And I think this is lined. I think there's still value on Sarukian at minus 240. I think he's that good. And I'm super high on Matush Gamrot. Really high on the guy. I just think, I think Sarukian's the real deal. I really do. That's my investment. Easy. Easy. All right, Mayo. Do we have you? Mayonnaise face, again. What's up, Mike? Can you hear me? Yes, we got him. <laughs> well, yeah, you got me. I had to miss my meeting again. And it's, it's becoming a problem. I'm going to need you to write me a note to get out of this shit. Um. Done. Okay, good. I'll check my email. Nonetheless, what is the and I know it's it's not you're not looking at it too deeply yet, but what's the low key banger 
of the International Fight Week card that I can kind of grab onto and be invested in. Thanks, Mike. Heck of a morning. Thanks, buddy. Man, that's a tough one because this card is ridiculous. Let me just pull it up. But I remember looking at the lineup the other day and was like, are you kidding me? This card is absolutely insane. So here's, listen to this fight card, okay? Main card, Adesadi Cannonier, Volkanovsky Holloway, Strickland Pajeda, Misha Tate, Lauren Murphy, Pedro Munoz, Sean O'Malley. Three limbs, Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner, which by the way is the correct answer to this question. Robbie Lawler, Brian, Robbie Lawler, Brian Barbarina is on the prelims. Just Guy, Macy Barber, prelims. Ian Gary, Gabe Green, good prelim fight. I know the promotion is very high on Ian Gary. These are the early, early prelims. Uriah Hall versus Andre Muniz. Early, early prelim. You know what else is on the early, early prelims? Jim Miller versus Bobby Green. What? Brad Tavares versus Drickus Duplessis. The second fight of the card. And the first fight of the card is a banger too. Jessica Rose Clark. Jesse Jess against Julia Stoliarenko. This card is insane. They're all low-key bangers. Because it has to. I mean, there's really no... Actually, there's, real, there's really no low-key banger. They're all, they're all bangers. Ian Gary Gabe Green is going to be a rumble. I love that fight. That's excellent matchmaking right there. But the answer is Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner. Love that fight. It's not going to get enough attention with everything surrounding it. But that fight's going to be a banger. Brad Riddell needs to win bad. Jalen Turner has looked sensational. Love the matchmaking. Love the fight. That's a low-key banger. But, God, there's so many to choose from here. It's a ridiculous card. James, you're up. Terrence, you're on deck. Kirkland, you're after that. What's up, James? Oh, there we go. Good morning, Mike. There we go. Good morning, buddy. Hey, uh, excuse me, but I'm going to take a little victory lap. We talked about San Hagen and uh, Song Yudong yesterday, and I saw that there's a, it's in the works. And uh, I know that fight isn't official yet, but I'm kind of patting myself on the back there. And I know you mentioned a uh, Rob Font yesterday. I, uh, I just didn't mention him with Corey Sanhagen because I feel like that poor guy just needs to heal. Just let him heal, and then he can take the winner of uh, Pedro Munoz and Sean O'Malley, which I know him and Munoz have fought before. I believe it was back in 2017. Uh, Pedro submitted him in the second round, and I'm sure Rob would just love to get that one back if he's able to get past Sean O'Malley. And um, you were just talking about the International Fight Week card. Uh, potentially, if we get four uh, championship fights in the month of July – which one are you looking forward to the most? Uh, me personally, man, I, I cannot wait for Car uh, Car France and Brandon Moreno. Their first fight was just a banger, so much fun. And then we potentially get two more rounds of that. Like, man, sign me up. And, Mike, um, once again, man, thank you for all that you do. Ha not just have a heck of a morning, but have a heck of a weekend, man. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yes, congratulations. Uh, if that fight is official, we AK and I, I'll talk to AK. I'm sure he will agree with this. We will give you uh, a very coveted no point if that is the fight that comes to fruition. So good for you. Good call, and I love the matchup. I agree with the Fawn thing. Take some time. 
Tyson Chartier is a, a tremendous coach, manager, mentor, and always looks out for the health and safety of the guys. Money aside, opportunities aside, if his guy ain't right, they're not 100% or as close to it as possible, they ain't fighting. And that's why I just I have so much respect for Tyson. And just sort of flies under the radar at this small stable. But I agree. Um, as far as the four title fights, Moreno Kaikar Fritz is great. Adesanya Cannonier is actually I, I'm looking, I'm very intrigued by that fight. I think Cannonier could give Adesanya more problems than a lot of people think he will. I'm picking Adesanya to win that fight, but I think he's gonna get tested for sure. But the correct answer and the only answer is Volkanovsky Holloway three. That is the only answer. And I, I say this, I say this almost every single episode. Go watch that second fight. Go watch the second fight. Don't even score it, okay? Because I know every time we watch it, it leads to an argument. Oh, Holloway won. Oh, Volkanovski won. Oh, Holloway got robbed. Volkanovski shouldn't have won that fight. By the way, I've watched that fight probably 35 times now, and I've scored it for Volkanovski every single time. But again, I get where you're coming from if you're saying Holloway won. But forget about the scoring. Take the judging out of the picture. Just watch the fight. Don't score anything. Just go and watch it. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. It is mixing of the martial arts at its finest. And then go watch Peter Jan, Jose Aldo from that same card if you want to, because that is also an underrated classic that doesn't get enough credit just because of the way it ended. Because Jan took over in the championship rounds. It finished in brutal fashion in the fifth, but the first 15 minutes of that fight is insane. It's bananas. Yes, it's Volkanovski Holloway 3. I will be there. I can't wait to be there. I'm very excited. We have we have just have so much fun stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks, which by the way, let's break some news right here. Let's break some news right here because next week you're not going to get this show 3 times a week. You're not getting it Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. You're getting it Four days next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we're going to give you like the long weekend, let you digest everything that happened on Saturday. And then we're going to go four freaking days in a row, baby. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I will keep you posted on the schedule for International Fight Week. I can already tell you that the Tuesday show of International Fight Week, I will have to do from the airport because I'm flying out. It's 7 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday, but I have a layover in Atlanta. So it's like an hour flight to Atlanta, maybe less. And then my connecting flight's like at 11, I think, to Vegas. So we're going to roll like probably around 9. So we might roll a little bit early, but I'll keep you guys posted on that. But next week, four shows, very pumped. Let's rock and roll. Terrence Leverett, my man, how are you? How are you doing, Mike? Good. Um. I missed the first 15 minutes, so I don't know if somebody talked about this already. But um, what are your thoughts? I know you um, are into pro wrestling as well. We kind of talked about it a little bit, I think, yesterday or day before yesterday. Um, with Vince stepping down and Stephanie, who was on a break, has wound up taking the reins of WWE. And then as well, um, I looked at it as something that could happen to Dana White. I'm pretty sure you heard like all the rumors and stuff like that. 
Um, so how much of a big deal is this for um, WWE being that they're a publicly traded company now and stuff can't be swept on the rug? And I'm pretty sure like plenty of people have like dirt on him. And if they want to overthrow him as the president, um, they can easily bring up something and the board will dismiss him as like the president of the company. And how much would that impact us as fans? Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I mean the the Vince thing's crazy. Like, I I want to say that I'm that I'm surprised, but I'm not because, and I, I hate bringing this up because it's just it's just awful the whole thing. But after the whole Bill Cosby thing, nothing surprises me anymore. Like, literally, nothing surprises me. So there you go. That's as far as I'll go with that. Um, but the Vince thing is just yeah. I mean. This is what happens in a publicly traded company. They're going to do an investigation. Vince steps away as he should. Stephanie comes in, who, Stephanie, which is crazy because Stephanie was taking a basically a diminished role to what she had before. I think, you know, with everything that happened with her husband's, the health issues he had, and, you know, being a mom and just everything, her schedule is in general, all that, she probably just needed a break. And, she tried to take one and now she gets sucked back in, in a, in a bigger role. So we'll see what happens. Apparently Vince is going to be appearing on SmackDown tonight and I'm probably going to watch it. I just want to hear what he has to say. I, I wouldn't be stunned. It's, it, it's probably just going to, it's probably just going to regurgitate the press release, but who knows what he's going to say. What's crazy about all this is like member, by the way, I think pro wrestling stinks right now. I know a lot of people come out and they say, oh, it's the best time to be a pro wrestling fan. Absolute horse shit. You couldn't be more wrong. It's almost unwatchable. There are some good things, no doubt about it. MJF is great. He's fantastic. Must watch television. But WWF is horrible. God, it stinks. Raw's awful. SmackDown's horrendous. NXT sucks. It's all bad. It's all bad. AEW, pretty awful too. They have moments, but just it's. There's options as a wrestling fan, but the products all stink. They all suck. It's not fun to watch at all. Mania, I'll watch every year. But yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens in this whole thing. It doesn't sound like it's going to be good. John Laurinaitis is also a part of this thing, and it wouldn't stun me in the least if it's just all false. On poor Johnny Ace, but I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Unfortunate situation, but I wish I could say I'm surprised, but I'm not. Kirkland, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good. How are I'm you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks. Um, so I wanted to uh, kind of address uh, some. I commented a few days ago, a handful of days ago, on on to the next one that. Jack Della, who I'm just going to leave it at that because I can never finish his name, uh, should face Sean Brady, which was met with disdain. And I've digested that and completely understand why Sean Brady deserves a better opponent. Um, and I'm also from Lafayette, Louisiana, which makes me a huge homer for Dustin Poirier, who Sean Brady, of course, uh, shouted out on Twitter a few days ago and said he was looking for a fight. And Dustin of course, is red in the face with asking for, you know, almost anything. 
And, uh, yeah, he's looking at August 20th, which could definitely use some help. My only uh, concern is <clears throat> Dustin, you know, will tell anybody that he prides himself on being a prize fighter. And I love Sean Brady as well. I think he's an amazing competitor. But he's kind of, from a matchmaking perspective, the completely wrong person if you want to, you know, keep Dustin's fire burning for what that's worth after losing Oliveira. <clears throat> um, but, of course, if you wanted to kind of feed him to the Sharks and really bolster up Sean Brady, it would be the perfect uh, match to make from the USC's perspective, depending on who you want to kind of bolster. So I was just curious as to who you think has more, you know, headroom or more, uh, it, do you think it would be worth Dustin being the guy that gets Nate or a comparable opponent that's a striker-based person that's not going to rear naked choke him like I'm sure Sean Brady would? Um or do you think that they're just going to use him as the meat for the rightful, you know, still has the O and I think could be a champion uh, in the next matchup if he was so given that matchup uh, in Sean Brady. So just curious what your thoughts on those were. Thanks so much and have a heck of a morning. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, there's no chance Sean Brady, Dustin Poirier happens for the exact reasons you just said. Where, Like, where is the rule? Outside of just say, outside of just fighting, that's literally the reward he gets from fighting Sean Brady. He gets nothing from it. If he beats Sean, nothing happens. And if he loses, which he probably will, it just knocks him back some more. There's no, oh, he's so tough for taking this fight. It's just, it's just a bad, it's just a bad loss. Sean Brady's just going to take him down and smush him. And there's nothing he can really do about it. Unfortunately, it's just, Brady's huge. So, like, Poirier is a big 55-er, but Brady is a giant welterweight. Like, a gigantic welterweight. He's like 200 pounds. Dude is massive. He's just going to take Poirier down and smush him. That's not fun. Nobody wants to see that. It'd be great for Sean Brady's career, but nobody wants to see that. So, I think they're going to go Poirier. Like, here's I have no insight into this. And with Nate, you just have no idea. It's all up in the air. It's just anything can happen. Flip a coin. I think we're going to get Poirier Diaz on our August 20th card. Why? Because they need it badly. That card needs that fight. It has a main event, sure. Usman Edwards, is it an interesting fight? Sure. Is it going to do 500,000 pay-per-views? No. It's not going to. Usman is great. I think his personality is starting to shine. At least it has in the last couple of years. I just, I don't know. It's, it needs help. This card needs help bad. You need a co-main event. And you need a, a one with some sizzle. I don't care what it takes. You get poor ideas on that card because this one is going to absolutely need it. Usman's not carrying this card by himself, especially with Leon on the, on the other end. It's just, it's just not possible. And let's also keep in mind, we're coming off July, Right? We have a pay-per-view in less than two weeks, 75 bucks. Then we have another pay-per-view four weeks after that, July 30th. That's another 75 bucks. So for the hardcore of the hardcores, they'll buy both of those cards because they're interesting. And now you're asking these fans to turn around and spend another 75 bucks 
on Usman Edwards without a, I mean, just a solid, like really impact generating co-main event, which is why I think they're going to try to do Poirier Diaz. I think they have to. And I think Poirier Diaz are in a great spot right now. They're in a great position. But yeah, Poirier Bray ain't happening. It's just, why would Poirier take that fight? So I agree with you. Let's get Gary in here. Brent, you're on deck. And then we'll go to Alex. You guys are on fire today. Gary, what's up? How's it going, Mike? Good. So uh, I have a hybrid basketball MMA question in honor of the uh, choke job in the garden. Um, if you could have any Celtics player, past or present, fight in the UFC heavyweight division, who would it be? Because after last night, for me, it's Robert Williams, no doubt. For sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's Williams. Um, Hey, maybe it's big baby. Maybe it's big baby Davis. Big baby's going to fight on that Jake Paul card at MSG. Did you guys see that? I don't know who he's fighting, but he's supposed to be fighting on that card. I mean, Robert Parrish, Mikhail is tough as hell, but the correct answer, and he would be a heavyweight. I don't know. Maybe he would be with a little bit of help. The correct answer is Larry Bird all day, every day. Larry Bird would be like the Danny Sabatello of MMA back in the 80s because Larry Bird could talk smack with the best of them and he could back it up. And the dude is just a gamer. He's a, when the lights are on and the pressure's on, Larry Bird is the man. So that's my choice. Larry Bird has is, is dropped some dudes on the court. It's Larry all day. That's it. Brent, what's up, buddy? Make sure you unmute. There we there go. go. Uh, my question is, why do you think the light heavyweight division is in the condition that it is? Is it like still recovering from the reign of John Jones? Uh, you know, it was like the marquee glamour division for so long, but now I feel like heavyweight is quite a bit more interesting. Uh, thank you very much, and heck of a morning. Thank you. Um, I actually disagree with you on that. I think light heavyweight is really interesting right now because Yuri's the champion. The fight with Glover is insane. We have Jan Bohovic, which creates a really interesting international opportunity. We have Anthony Smith, Magomed, and Goliath. We get guys like Jamal Hill on the way up. We have let me just pull up let me pull up the uh, only rankings that matter here, and just see what we have at light heavyweight because I th- I think think light heavyweight's really good. It's more it's 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 not more interesting than John, but it's interesting in different ways than when John was champion. So Glover, Yuri, Blahovic. Rakic, which is tough. Ankle because Rakic will be back for sure. Ankle Live, Anthony Smith's big fight. We got Dominic Reyes there, who's gonna take a next. We got guys like Paul Craig, Jamal Hill, and we get other guys coming up at 205. I think it's strong. I think it's in a really good place. Big thanks to Prahashka and to Share for putting on that fight and Prahashka being the champion. But I think as long as Prahashka is the champion, it's a really interesting division. And I think the biggest loser in all this right now 
unless he just absolutely mauls and runs over Anthony Smith, I think Magomed and Goliath is kind of the, the biggest loser in this whole situation. And he's probably the best. There's a, there's a valid argument. He's the best fighter in this division right now. But in terms of intrigue and styles and what people want to see as fans, and you want to build Yuri up at this point, do you really want to throw him in there with Ankoliath? He beats Anthony Smith by unanimous decision. Probably not. Just not that fun of a fight. Yuri Yan is a great fight. That's crazy. Yuri Glover too. Crazy. Yuri Anthony Smith is more interesting in the eyes of most casual fans than Ankoliath. And Ankoliath again. I think Ankoliath might be the best guy in this division. And I think once Ankoliath, I think Ankoliath will eventually win the title. When he gets a title shot, he's probably going to win. And when he does, he'll probably be champion for a long time. Because he's that good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have some breaking news, friends. Uh, Tony Kelly, who is probably the biggest villain on this UFC Austin card in a lot of people's eyes, getting ready to fight Adrian Yanez. He has missed weight by a pound and a half, 137 and a half. Use the box and everything else, 137 and a half. Misses weight. Yikes. Bad look. Very bad look. Let's get Alex in here. And then Patrick, you're on deck. Alex, what's up? Make sure you're on mute, buddy. There we go. Are you there? Alex. All right. Try again, my friends. Patrick, what you got? You're muted. What's going on here? Patrick, I can't hear you either. I don't know what's going on. Uh, let's try Roops. Rupes. Are you there? I can't hear anybody. What the hell is happening? All right, try again. Everybody who tried, try again. Brian Cashman, save us. Are you there? Michael? There we go. I hear you. Ah, What's up, buddy? Good morning to you. Indeed. All right. I, I got a couple things quick. Um, so if when the UFC comes back to Boston, are we going to see Mr. Heck in the building? Probably. All right. Good, good. Uh, no guarantees. I'm not in Massachusetts anymore, yeah, but yeah, yeah. probably. Gotcha. Uh, next thing. When you, uh, when you release a podcast, right, for, say, heck of a morning, do you go back and listen to it, like, the next day? And uh, have you heard anything about Daniel Rodriguez or Wonder Boy? Because uh, they've been quiet lately on social media and everything. And the last thing is, ahead is, like, the Bilal Muhammad of takes. 
he's going to start pointing all of his all of his takes at Jed Mashu, calling him out for a BTL matchup. Let's get this done. That's all I got to say. Heck of a morning to you. Thank you, my friend. All right, we got we got callers to work, so very happy Brian coming through in the clutch. Um, trying to remember all that just happened in in that call. Um, D Rod and Wonder Boy. D Rod and Wonder Boy. No news on D Rod. I thought he'd be back by now, so I'm not really sure what what is going on with him. He had a pretty nasty hand injury, and yeah, I don't know when he's going to be back. I think. The man James Lynch talked to D Rod not too long ago, so you might want to go find that, go follow Lynch and uh, check out that conversation. I haven't talked to D Rod since it was probably like December, maybe November, December of this past year, and he said he was going to be cleared by January, February. But here we are, June, and not there, not there. Um, Brian, tag back in, tag back in. If you can, I forget. I don't know why I forgot your other question. I think I was just so flustered by. I was so flustered by having like five callers in a row not come through. What was the other question, Brad? <laughs> no, uh, it was about Wonder Boy. And then, um, do you listen to your podcast back? After oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Them? Yep, that was the question. All right, thank you. Uh, no, I don't. Some, I mean, if I do, it's very rarely, very rarely. If it's if it's like an interview I did and it was just unbelievable, I couldn't get out of my mind. Like I'll go listen to it, but for the most part, I don't. I don't go back and listen to my stuff because or anything that I, I don't listen to old. I just I just can't. It's just weird. I've heard because I was in radio for five years before making the full time transition to MMA. I've heard my voice way too much. I've heard my own voice way too much from and even like before if you listen to the MMA I know it's back now but even on the MMA hour my voice was on the MMA hour every single freaking show because I did the Rick's Picks theme and then now I'm on the MMA hour every week too because Rick's Picks theme and then the on the nose theme so I mean and then when I was in local radio just driving around because we owned a cluster of stations and pretty much any station you turned on. If there was a commercial break, you heard my voice at some point cutting a commercial. So yeah, I don't go back and listen to much. If someone gives me some criticism or, you know, if there's something that maybe I missed or that was in my head that maybe I should have done this, maybe I should have done this. I might go back and listen real quick, but for the most part, once it's done, it's done. And we move on to the next. We'll take a few more. All right, Patrick, Alex, we'll try you again. Patrick, what's up? Hey, Mike. We got Coming you. There through. we go. Yeah, Twitter yes. Spaces is wonky, man. Stupid. Uh, well, uh, I'm just catching up here. I was wondering uh, who won the main event of 275? Depends on who you ask. <laughs> no, listen, we know who won. We know who won. Do you know who won, Patrick? We all won. That's the answer. All right. And so uh, Glover did take down Yuri, and then Yuri still won, right? Dude, we're moved, we've moved, we're way beyond. I'm just confirming. Way beyond it. I, I'm just catching up okay. here. Okay. Listen, it happened. It okay. happened. Uh, 
I think next week, uh, I don't think there's time to do it now. I think it's a good idea, a little exercise for everyone, maybe. We should draft the all Salt Lake City uh Borathon. Like <laughs> uh Curtis Blades on there, Caitlin Chukagian on there, just decision mach- machines, boring ass personalities, um, people that would fit right in at Salt Lake City. You know, John Stockton's, Carl Malone's, Greg Ulster tags, Jerry Sloan's, like, um, and that, like, there's nothing wrong. I mean, the Utah Jazz, like, they always have a reputation for being boring, but they were good. You know, they made it to the finals. They're good right now, and they're still kind of boring. But anyways, I think that maybe next week, some someday, we should pick a time and uh, draft the All Salt Lake City Borathon. And uh, um, let's see. I think the low key banger on, because uh, it's really low key, is the the Drickus the Plessy uh, versus uh, Brad Tavares. Just because I think Brad Tavares is just tough, man, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a test for De Plessy to see if uh, that one shot power can take out um, can take out Tavares. So I'm interested in that one as the super low key banger, and. Uh, yeah. Um, I had something else, but I forgot. Um, <laughs> it was gonna be a oh, pun. Good, I man. think it was a pun with your name or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll remember it and come back next week. All right, buddy. Thank you. Always love Patrick. All right, we're gonna fire through these. Okay, listen. I love all of you, and I would love to stay here for another thirty minutes with you, but I can't. So. I'm going to tag in as many of you as I can. We got to just fire these questions out, all right? Fire them out. Alex, you're up. All right, can you hear me now? All right, I got perfect. you. Well, first of all, heck of a morning to you, Mike. Since it's a free-for-all Friday, I think it all a quick, uh, different kind of question out there for you. Um, I heard uh, Prediction Strike was on here earlier talking to you, and I'm actually a big user of Prediction Strike. So out of curiosity, have you ever heard of this company before? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? Thank you, Alex. Uh, this is the first I've heard of them, and I have no thoughts. It was a great question. Uh, I will look into it, though. I will look into it more. I have, not, uh, I have not checked them out before, but I saw the name. They haven't been on the show before, so we got them in there. But I will look into it. Zombie Fight Fan, you're up. Unmute. Hey, Mike, this is uh, Nick. I'm actually from Salt Lake City. Just wanted to say I take umbrage with Patrick's <laughs> terrible draft idea that we deserve a good card. Um, so just to keep in mind. Oh, that, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I understood. He did, he did drop the Oster tag name, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice deep cut. I'll, I'll take it. But uh, any fights rumored that you think might end up in Salt Lake City? I saw Marab and Aldo was uh, mentioned. I don't know if that's official or anything, but. Any any information would be possible. I'm not super stoked about the main. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, uh, we confirmed Rob and Aldo has at least been verbally agreed upon. So mark it up. If it's on MMA fighting, it's legit, bro. But yes, uh, Greg Ostertag would be awesome on that card. Maybe Bobby Maximus. Maybe they bring Bobby Maximus in. The 43-year-old man from the Ultimate Fighter. He's from the area. Court McGee's fighting. Well, maybe they maybe they turn court around quick. He's from that area as well. 
I know he's not. He'll sell tickets. I know it's not going to present pay-per-view draw or 75 bucks, but you got to get Poirier Diaz on that card. You have to. You got to do it. You got to do it. I love Marab Aldo. Great fight. You got to get Poirier Diaz on that card. You have to. You got to do it. Roops. Hello. I hear you. Hey, can you hear me, Mike? All right, how's it going, buddy? Uh, I just got got a little... uh, a little debate with my buddies who, who has had a, a harder fight um, in like their last, I'd say seven, eight fights, Ke- Kelvin Gaslam or Dan Ige. Thank you. You mean like strength of schedule? Yes, yes, yes. That's what I meant. Sorry. Okay. Um, hmm. That's a good question. Let me look it up. Let me just look them up real quick. What a, that's a, that's an excellent question. And I think you could probably make an argument for both guys. Let's see, what we got Kelvin Gaslam. Last Cannonier, Whitaker, Heinish, Hermanson, Till, Adesanya. Adesanya is a title fight. I'm going to take that one out of the equation. So we'll go Till, Hermanson, Heinish, Whitaker, Cannonier. I'm taking that out of the equation because Danny Gay didn't have a title fight. So that's I mean that's pretty solid strength of schedule right there. Danny Gay. Danny Gay. Since wow, since 2020, last two years. Mirsad Bektich, Edson Barboza, Calvin Cater, five rounds, by the way. Gavin Tucker, Zombie, Emmett, Mavzar of Loyev. Wow. That's close. I'm going Danny Ige on this one. I'm going Ige. I'm going Ige. Tough. I mean, listen, Gasol is a tough stretch. Cannonier Whitaker, top notch. The Hermanson and Till one. Good fighters, but if Loyev, I feel, is tougher than both of those guys, Emmett. Probably tough into both of those guys. Zombie, Cater. Yeah, I think Ige. By a nose. It's close, though. It's a great, great, great question. Erfan, you're up. Are you there? There we go. Hey, hi, bro. Hi. How are you? Good. What you got? No speak English, only sorry, sorry. Okay. No, it's all good. It's all good. Thank you for listening. Appreciate that. Viking MMA, tagging you in. Real quick, what you got? Wheel is spinning. Can we get him? Can never get him on the first try. I don't know why. Maybe. Oh, wait a minute. We got him. Hey, man. How are you? Good. What you got? I just want to ask about the decision system and the fights who are actually robberies. No, I mean, not every fight they call robbery is an actual robbery, but there are some fights. And, you know, UFC is not answerable for anything. They don't give an answer for anything. Just some YouTubers and analysts, they are saying that this fight is a robbery and they 
are some actually robberies and as you said earlier that being the road to be that number one contender it's so hard and the fighters they sacrifice and they do everything to be there and after that the champion gets the w and even if that's a robbery then what is the solution for the robbery then i think they actually need to reconsider that fight and that's just an injustice for the fighter you know that doing everything to be there and then the fighter fucks him up and sorry for the language but what is the solution for that i mean the fighters doesn't get a lot of chances to be there after after the fight they have to go back and do some hard fights or i don't know but that's just injustice and what is the solution for that and ufc is not giving any answers or taking it in a consideration that that is something should change should be changed thank you buddy um i mean listen there's not much you can change and the ufc can't change it because it's not up to them it's about the commissions the commissions run it all they supply the judges they have their rules they have their criteria Yeah. Now, again, the word robbery gets thrown out quite a bit. I'll give you a couple of examples if you're looking for actual robberies. Michael Bisbing versus Matt Hamill, robbery. Uh, there's a couple, Diego, Diego Sanchez, Marvin, Martin Campman, robbery. Diego Sanchez versus Ross Pearson might be the, one of the most egregious robberies of all time. Those are just a few examples. I know a lot of people feel BJ Penn and Frankie Edgar one was a robbery. But Campbell's had some robbery. J- Jake Shields, Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell's been on the wrong side of a couple of robberies. If we want to go that route, but I mean the ones that really stick out that are like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" Bisbing Hamel, Sanchez Catman, Sanchez Pearson. Mm, what is another one? Joe Warren, Joe Warren had one in Bellator. Galvao, I think it, I think it was. I don't know. Those are like robbery robberies. So go check those out. All right, we're going to Heed, Dax, Alec, and then we're out of here. Heed, you're up. Okay, yes. cool. So uh, this is the perfect. I've just got questions. No rants today. Question one is about Demir and Guram because I have I don't know much about them. So can you talk us through exactly what we can expect from this matchup, and um, and why they are so exciting? Because they seem like the literal dark horses. And the second one, just leading off the first one, is to do it. Do you think there's a whole new wave of Russian, Uzbekistan, like Kazakhstan fighters that are going to come into the UFC? I'm not talking about Markachev or Chimaev or uh, Shavkat. I'm talking about 75% of the champ the male champions being from these t- regions because it just feels like there's a whole load of them in the PFL and in Eagle FC and in Brave um that are going to that are just really good that like Russia is just that fighting nation the bo- not just the wrestling but the boxing as well that like Usman Namagomedov it seems terrifying i just want your thoughts on that thanks 
Thanks, buddy. I love this Isma Gulov Kutatsalatse fight. It's outstanding. Isma Gulov is a super well rounded guy. On the feet, he's strong, obviously, because of that pedigree where he comes from. Tremendous wrestler, great entries, great takedowns, great control on the ground. Kutatsa Latze is a grinder. He's more of a, of a striker, but he could take things down. He's got a very strong top game as well. I don't know, man. It's, it's just, it's a 50 50 fight. It's a 50 50 fight. I will lean. I have to look at the betting odds, like how I'm actually going to look at this because I look at things like I have $20 and I have to drop it on one guy in a 50 50 fight. But something tells me Guram's probably going to be the favorite in this fight. I could be wrong. Nope. Isma Gulov's favorite, minus 170. Utah's a lot, say plus 145. I favor Isma Gulov to win. Um, if you're going to bet on this fight and you're looking for value with Demir, I'd probably find a decision prop somewhere. I bet it's a plus money, but uh, close fight. I think Isma Gulov's going to win, but it's going to be a, a man. It's going to be tactical as all hell. Can't wait. And then your other question, there's a very good chance because of that style, that chain wrestling, that just, golly. So tough to stop. Dax, you're up. Hey, Mike. Um, I just wanted to get your reaction to two quick pieces of news. Um, first, the the glory kickboxing with the uh, Russian athlete thing. I don't know if you've seen it this morning. And then also uh, Askar Mozarov. I forget his name. Getting released and then retiring two days after whatever. Oh, man. So, yeah, I didn't see the glory thing. I'll have to go check that out. Um, the Mazarov one is just kind of, it's just so crazy. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing, the last couple of weeks, that guy is one of the most interesting stories of the year. Just wild. The record continued to change. His name changed. I mean, all this stuff happened. And he deserves all the criticism he's getting. Every bit of it. And he's trying to, oh, the media is twisting this and the media is doing this and they're doing this and all this stuff. No, you did it. You did it. And there's, a, there's tangible evidence of all of this. You think Jay Petri, who I believe has a law degree, is a lawyer? You think he's just going to like print something that's not true without actual evidence? Come on, man. So, golly, what a change. What a, what a change of fortune. Science of the UFC got this great record then the record diminishes then it diminishes some more and then continues to diminish and then he just gets bolted by Alonzo Menafield and now he's out of the UFC it's the right move everything was done right it was kind of funny at the same time and I try to be a positive guy but I don't feel bad for the guy I don't feel bad for him at all hopefully he gets his act together and can live a happy and healthy life outside of the sport. But guess what? He's going to be back. He'll be fighting MMA in the next, before the year is out. All right, Alec, take us home, buddy. Take us home. Heck of a morning, Mike. Appreciate you taking my call. Um, so looking forward to the uh, trilogy between Max and Volkanovsky, three of the last five title fights at 145 since 2019 will have been between those two. So, um, we have two fights coming up, which you know look like they will produce a number one contender uh, between Yair 
and Ortega and then uh, Cater and Emmett this weekend. So uh, my question is, um, what direction do you think the UFC will go in? Do you think they will pit the winner of those two fights against each other to produce a number one contender? Um, or uh, do you think um, they'll just take one of the winners, whoever has the best performance out of those two fights? The problem is, uh, you know, Max and Volkanovski have both beaten uh, all four of these guys recently. So um, what direction do you think the UFC will go in? And overall, who do you think the next uh, title challenger will be at 145? I'm sorry, I muted myself and I didn't unmute, but uh, I, I was giving you props for a great question and it was something that I was pondering myself. I don't know, man. Like, I can't get off the fence on this one because, like, Calvin, let's just say Calvin Cater goes out there and just washes Josh Edmund. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's just say that happens, right? And then we're all like, wow, Calvin Cater's the guy, he's next for the belt, right? What if Max Holloway beats Alexander Volkanovsky? Then it's all for naught because we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen from there. They're just going to run it back again. And guess who's not going to complain about that? This guy right here. I could watch Volkanovsky and Holloway fight a thousand times and I will never complain about it. It's just one of those just matchups that is just so close. They're so close to each other. I love it. So we have to kind of wait and see what happens with all these fights, honestly. Now, if Kate, I'm, I'm predicting Cater will win a decision tomorrow. And it'll be pretty impressive. I think he's going to win 49-46. I don't think it'll look like the Giga fight, but similar, where he's going to take some big shots. He's going to walk through them. The volume will add up. I think he can probably hurt Emmett a little bit as well. Get him kind of moving back. That step in elbow of Calvin Cater is a thing of beauty. So I think we'll see that a couple of times. So I lean Cater. So let's just say Cater wins by decision. And let's say Volkanovsky beats Holloway by decision. Then it all depends. If Yair Rodriguez goes in there and does Yair Rodriguez things, whether he finishes Brian Ortega or just wins a super fun decision, I have to lean Yair. But... Both fights are huge. It's a trial for both, for everybody involved. I don't think Ortega can get back in there, especially after the Volkanovski fight. Like I know people look at that fight in a certain way. I think it was one of the, the one of the great title fights. It was one of the great rounds. Round three was one of the best rounds ever. But the rest of the fight, Volkanovski, Volkanovski dominated Brian Ortega. It was one way traffic for eighty percent of the fight. So I don't need to see that again. We saw what happened when Ortega fought Holloway. That was a beatdown. But I mean, Ortega will probably be back at some point, but I would knock him out. It's a three-horse race. It's Cater, Emmett, and Yair. I would favor Yair if everything goes the way I think it's going to go over these next couple weeks. All right, we got to get out of here. AK and I. We're going to do a, a best friends edition of the UFC Austin preview show, 3 p.m. Eastern, live on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. It'll be up on the podcast feed after that. Tomorrow, 3.30 Eastern, AK and I, I believe, once again, and Casey, People's Pre-Fight Show, answering your questions up until the first fight. 
Well, post-fight show after, AK and I, on to the next one on Sunday. We'll record that podcast only. And then next week, no show Monday, which we haven't done anyways, but we're going four times next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. So thank you all very much. I appreciate it. This week has been phenomenal. You guys have kept me on my toes. Excellent questions. You guys keep showing up, showing out. And I couldn't be more grateful. Thank you so much. Have a great Friday. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.